Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church. I'm so glad you're here. And let's say it together so the whole world can hear it. You know, this, this goes out on a podcast. It blows my mind. We've had like 7,000 downloads on our podcast. That's wild. Um, we have people in India listening. So, hello, India. Don't know who you are in India. Somebody in India is listening. I have no idea. But uh, let's let them know our motto, okay? No matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. Most of the time, I feel pretty loved. Sometimes not so much. Not from y'all, but, you know. You see, I have a daughter named Alexis who loves so much to tell me that I am terribly, awfully, pathetically old. Anyone else ever had a teenage daughter? Now, I'll be honest. I, what does she know, though? She's practically a baby. You're a baby. I feel young. I feel young and energetic. Unless it's after 9 p.m., but there's nothing good happening after 9 p.m. Give me a break. So what do you guys think? Do I, do I seem old to you? Uh, some, uh, uh, no, no comments from the teenage corner? I'm an old, old man, an old man. So I think, I think the best thing I can do is make all y'all feel old too, then I'll feel better. Okay, so if you want to feel old, consider this, that 20 years ago was not the 80s or even the 90s. It was 2004, 2004. Um, kids who started high school this year were born in 2009, 2009, that's, that's nearly 10 years after the world was asked the monumental question, who let the dogs out? <laughs> Still don't know. Taylor Swift was making country music back then. I, what I don't like is, is Green Day is classic rock. Nirvana is oldies. And yeah, and, and like... Some of the 80s rock is like ancient, ancient, ancient now. So if Back to the Future came out today, Marty and McFly would travel back to the ancient time of 1994. <laughs> Will Smith is now 10 years younger than the actor who, 10 years older than the actor who played Uncle Phil on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And it was 32 years ago that Sir Mix-a-Lot first proclaimed his appreciation for ample posteriors. Baby got old. We're now further away from the premiere of Friends than the premiere of Friends was from the moon landing. You're old. If you've never heard of any of these pop culture references I just mentioned, I have bad news for you. Maybe you're really young. Okay, yeah, there it is. Donnie says, maybe you're really young if you never heard any of these things. So, look, I'm just goofing. One thing I don't like about American culture is the obsession with youth and the fear of aging. Man, there is nothing to fear about growing older, not to have a phobia. Now, I wish I felt like I did in my 20s or even my 30s, but I would not go back. I've learned so much. I've grown so much. We need to learn to appreciate the amazing value of life experience. I'm not who I used to be when I was what my daughter would call young. And thank goodness. Alexis, you better be glad I'm, quote, old. 
because when I was young, I would have been a less good dad. So I want to teach you a little something to young people culture here I'm learning. Like when I grew up, when you wanted to make a heart, you do like this, right? This is like an age test here. How many of you would make a heart like this? But the young people do it like this. My crippled old fingers won't do it. My early on arthritis won't do that. And that's a, that's a young thing. But I just want you to know, growing old's not a problem. Isn't that like the goal? Like to live long enough to get old? Like the Bible says that a gray hair is a crown of glory. Well, there's starting to be some stars in my crown. And that's really okay. Actually, it's, it's completely okay to be old except in one way. Spiritually. Because spiritually, in this way of looking at it, you are a new creation if you trusted in Jesus. You're not the old person you used to be. You're striving to be new, to embrace that new life. Um, there are, if, you are, if you've trusted in Jesus, you are a new man. You're a new woman. You have a new heart, a new mind, a new way of seeing the world, a new way of living. There are times when the old person you used to be will creep back and you kind of do and you say some things that you that you realize aren't consistent with who you want to be. I had to apologize this morning because I said something smart alecky and uh, the person I said it to is gracious, beautiful, kind, forgiving, loving. I'm trying to think of some help me out here. Wonderful, smart, pretty. She's got a really nice uh, blonde hair and she's sitting in the front row. Uh, I had to apologize for being smart, Alec, and I said that's not who I want to be because that's not who I want to be. The old man came back just a little bit. The heart of the message is uh, this whole series has been that you are not who you used to be. The old man uh, has no place in the new life. So we've been studying part of a letter from the Apostle Paul. I see we have a slide up on the screen. Let me cover that real quick. Revelation Bible study is starting soon. I'm about to forget that. Sorry, David. Um, I hear music. Y'all hear music? Okay, let's click click on something else. I don't know. Go ahead and just mute it. There you go. Okay. Yeah, a Revelation Bible study starting soon. Sign up on the desk right back there by the door for that. That'll be on Wednesday night. So, as I was saying, um, we've been studying part of a letter by the Apostle Paul to the believers in Ephesus. We call it the book of Ephesians in the New Testament, but it originally started out as a letter of instruction given to these believers, and it was recognized as being something more than a letter. It was recognized as, as having the fingerprints of God on it, so it has been retained in our Bible, and it has authority today. So Paul found, uh, spent a while talking about the old person before he went on to talk about the new person, the new identity, and that's where we've got to today. And the challenge before you is to embrace your new identity in Christ. And if you haven't trusted in Christ yet, to embrace Christ first. So let's read it and then we'll pray. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and you've been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will speak to us through your word. We know that it is powerful, and I pray that you'll 
that you'll empower me to communicate it in a way that accomplishes your purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go back to verse 20. Let's start there. You've not, you have not so learned Christ. After going through some of the old ways that we're not supposed to allow to come back in, Paul tells the believers in Ephesus, you have not learned Christ this way. In other words, following Jesus has taught you to be a very different kind of person than you were. That's because we aren't just following a set of do's and don'ts. We aren't just learning a set of, thing, of do's and don'ts. We're learning a person, learning Christ. We aren't following a religion. We're following Jesus. It's not about knowing the rules and the regulations and ceremonies. It's about knowing Jesus, his character, his holiness, his sacrifice, his redemption, his purpose for our lives. It's not enough to know the facts. Lots of people know the facts. It's internalizing the truth and being transformed by it. You cannot be saved by good behavior. You cannot be saved by going through the religious motions. Salvation comes by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But if you are saved, it should change your behavior. You don't get in on good behavior, but you should be a different person once you're saved. Anybody can make the claim to be a Christian. Anybody. And, and maybe that's part of our struggle sometimes is, is anybody can make the claim to be a Christian, but the proof of the claim is in a life that's transformed. Even if you're a true believer, there are going to be times when your life doesn't look so transformed. Maybe somebody else was a little smart-alecky with their spouse this morning and had to apologize too. Uh, you're going to have times like that. You're going to blow it sometimes. It's, it's going to take some focus to live your life um, in the new way. So seek the Lord in prayer. Seek the Lord in His Word. Ask for help from these people. See these people around you. This is a church family. We're here to help each other. It's written into our values. If you've ever grabbed one of our brochures that could say who we are in that little center section that says we're a safe place to be real. You don't have to show up here and pretend like you're getting it all right. You know, you don't have to show up here and, and pretend like you're perfectly holy and you have arrived and all of that because we know you. We know you haven't. No offense or anything, but it, you're just like all the rest of us in your way. You've got things you've got to work on, and that's okay. You're, everybody's a hot mess. Even the, even the very finest folks are a hot mess sometimes. We've all got things we've got to do. That's what your church family is here for, to support you through the walk. So let's look at verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Paul tells us to put off the old life and put on the new life. Put off and put on. That makes me think about the weather lately. The weather is weird lately, huh? Like a week ago, it was so cold. And I had to bust out my warmest winter coat. I usually don't like to do that. It's kind of like puffy. And I, I got another jacket that makes me look tougher and cooler that I, prepare, I, I prefer to wear. Um, but, you know, that one's warmer, so I got to bust out the really warm one. And it's great if you're outside. But you can't get any place warm with it. You can't wear it in the car. You cannot wear it in the house. You've got to shed that thing because it will cook you. So I'm very grateful. Outside where it's cold, it works well. Inside where it's warm, it doesn't work. It's got to go. See, our lives are like that. Before we know Jesus, 
We're living in the cold. We're living in the dark. We live and think in a way that makes sense in that world, in the cold, dark world. When you're in the cold, dark world and you don't know Jesus yet, it, it makes sense to clothe yourself in these things, to be on guard all the time, to react in anger, to be defensive, to be unforgiving, to be self-centered, to despair, to lust, to lie, to grab, to take. That's the way of the world. That's the way it is. It's not good. We don't like it. But the world is like that. That's the way of the culture. That's what seems to be our protection against the cold world. But when you come into the family of God, you don't need that anymore. You don't have to have that on anymore. You're not in the cold and the dark anymore. You're in the warmth and the light. If you keep your heavy coat on in a warm place, you're going to get uncomfortable and unhappy. And if you keep living the old ways when you're in the family of God, you're going to get uncomfortable and unhappy because that's not who you are anymore. Embrace the person you are in Christ. Because I'm telling you now, if you are saved and you are living like you don't know Jesus, it's not going to be a good time for you. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be painful. It's time to embrace this new life. The second part of that verse says the, the old man grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Lust is deceitful. Now, when we see that, uh, that word lust, we connect it with a very specific kind of desire, sexual desire, and that can certainly be deceitful. But, but anything that drives us, it, it's broader than that. Any, any desire that drives our behavior can be deceitful. Uh, we deceive ourselves into thinking that if we fulfill our desires, we will be happy. Now, some desires are obviously bad. Look, I mean, some things are definitely destructive. If you are desiring something that's bad for you, yeah, that's destructive. But even some good things, if you're counting on some of these good things to make you happy, eventually they'll let you down too. We tell ourselves that if we could just get what we want, if we could get that promotion, we'd be happy. If we could be with that certain person, if we could have what we've been wishing for, if we could accomplish something great, then we could be happy. If we could just have some money and some stuff and some power and prestige, we don't got to be the richest. You know, say, Lord, I don't have to win the mega millions. Just the regular millions would be fine. If I could win like 500 bucks off a scratcher, that'd be a good start, Lord. We, I don't have to be super rich. I don't have to have everything. Just more than I have now. And interesting that no matter how much a person has, there's a tendency to think that happiness lies in having just a little bit more. That is a deception. Did you know the, the Lord put a whole book of the Bible together to show us that having more and getting more and having the desires of our heart will not make us happy? He did. It's in the Old Testament. A lot of people miss it. It's kind of depressing if you read it. People say, um, well... God allowed one person to have everything, to have all the things that the culture tells us we need to be happy and to have so much of it, it was wild. People say that money and power and fame would make us happy. My kids' generation like think all they got to do to become happy is become a TikTok star. And if you don't know what TikTok is, good for you, don't find out. 
It's a time waster. Some of it's funny, but mostly it will just suck you into a black hole, and you'll see stuff you can't unsee, and it's not good. It's like a like short videos with some music or whatever. Anyway, people say fame or money or power will make you happy. This guy, God allowed him to be the richest, most powerful, most famous man in the world. People say that being with whoever you want, whenever you want, would make you happy. This guy had a thousand women in his harem and could have had more. People say that success and accomplishment will make us happy. This guy excelled at everything he ever did. People say that being able to do whatever you want without consequences would make you happy. Well, this guy pretty much was able to do that. And even when he did wrong, the Lord was, frankly, fairly lenient on him. It really wasn't good for him, but the Lord let him get away with a lot. People say that entertainment will make us happy. This guy had endless pleasures. People say that education will make us happy. This guy was so well-educated and so knowledgeable that he wrote books of wisdom that are passed down to us thousands of years later. People say that if we could have a life that was easy and trouble-free, then we could be happy. This guy was a king with thousands of servants to wait on him, and his reign was peaceful. He did not have to fight wars like his father or his descendants. He had it all. King Solomon, you've heard of this guy, right? King Solomon, he had everything, and by his own account, he tried everything there was to try. And you know what he said at the end after indulging himself in everything the world had to offer? He said, it's empty. And if you grew up reading the old KJV like I did, vanity. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. It's the book of Ecclesiastes. Read that sometime. I'll, it's a little depressing. You know, Solomon wrote uh, Proverbs and he gave lots of good advice. Now, Ecclesiastes is the book that he wrote after he didn't take his good advice. I'm serious. He was a young, idealistic guy, and he gave a lot of good advice in Proverbs. and Ecclesiastes, he was older, and he hadn't taken his advice, and he was very unhappy for the most part. He tried everything and found it to be empty and empty and empty. Indulging yourself doesn't lead to lasting happiness. You get everything you think you want, and it won't make you happy, at least not for long. It leads to emptiness. It leads to corruption. It can rot you on the inside. Look, if you are saved and you're chasing the pleasures of this world, it's going to leave you empty. It's going to mess with your heart. After everything, here's what Solomon said. Uh, there is a verse in there, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. Here's, here, here's his conclusion. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. This is after spending 12 chapters of saying everything's empty. Everything I've tried to make me happy is empty. Here's what he finally concluded. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Joy is not found in chasing the world. It's found in connecting with God and honoring him. That's where you'll find joy. Now let's get to verse 23. You can back up to verse 23 there. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. This is the better path. This is the path where you have a shot at peace and joy. Instead of chasing after the same stuff that all the people who don't know God are chasing. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What does that mean? It means let God transform the way that you think and perceive and process the world. We think that our peace and joy 
depends on our circumstances. Solomon has proved to us that you can have all of those things and still not be happy. And I know what you're thinking. Say, preacher, I just like, can we get a second opinion on that? I will volunteer as tribute to be the guy who God lets have everything. But you'll come to the same conclusion in the end that Solomon did and probably cost yourself a lot of pain in the meantime. Solomon showed us that even when you have all those things, it won't make you happy. Something has to change inside of us. There has to be inward transformation if we want to have peace and joy that lasts, that is not dependent on our circumstances because sometimes your circumstances are going to be very uncomfortable. Verse 24. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul said to take off the old man. Here he says, put on the new man. You aren't that old person any longer if you know Jesus. Sometimes the old man's going to come back. Maybe someone in your house who's uh, got a good, some good wit uh, might say to you, I, don't, I think you're being old right now. I think you're being the old man right now. Not, not some uh, snarky teenage daughter telling you you're old. But maybe someone who's saying, I don't think that's who you really are. And you might have the wherewithal to say, wait a minute. This is not who I am. I don't want to be like this. I'm different. I'm different now than I know the Lord. If you trusted in Jesus as Savior, you are, according to this verse, created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. If you've been saved, you're not who you used to be. You're new. So put on the new. More than putting on a coat. More than putting on a new skin. It's a whole new you. It's a new identity. To embrace this new identity. You are a new creation. That is not negotiable. If you trusted in Jesus, you are a new creation. You can't mess that up, thank goodness, because we would. We would mess it up if we could. You do have a choice, though. Your choice is whether to embrace this new person you are or not. Suppose you have a friend. And this particular friend always wears the same dilapidated pair of shoes every day. And you watch them and they're walking. They're obviously uncomfortable. The shoes aren't the right size. They're worn out and, and they're, they're limping. You can see they're visibly limping and it's because of the shoes. Now, you don't want to embarrass them or anything, but you kind of ask around to some of your other friends and say, what's, what's up with the shoes? And they tell you, well, he doesn't have any other shoes. And you're just heart, your heart breaks for that. And you've been saving a little money. You wouldn't get yourself a vintage Backstreet Boys t-shirt, but you decide it would be better to spend your money to get a nice pair of shoes for your friend. So you go out and you get a nice pair of shoes, really good, good ones, okay? And very comfortable shoes, the right size and everything. And you quietly take your friend aside because you don't want to embarrass him. And you say, hey, I see you need a pair of shoes. I got you this pair of shoes and you give them the shoes and they're so impressed and they're like, wow, these are awesome. They're just the right size. They're beautiful. I love them. They just hug them to their chest and they weep for joy and gratitude. And you, you just get all these warm, fuzzy feelings and you're so glad you didn't buy the vintage t-shirt. You're so glad you got the shoes instead and, and you go about your business and, and the, the person just says, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've never had such a wonderful gift. So the next day you see them and they run up to you, and they say, thank you for these shoes. I love them so much. But you notice they're not actually wearing the shoes. 
Thank you so much for the shoes. I've never been given such a wonderful gift. You don't say anything about it. It's like, well, maybe, I don't know. Were they the wrong size or what? I don't know. Now, this goes on day after day. You see them, and every time you see them, they say, thank you so much for the shoes, but they're not wearing the shoes. They're still limping around in the old, worn-out shoes that don't fit right, and they're clearly in pain, but they're not wearing the shoes. And finally, you're just like, hold on, let's, let's come over here. Let's talk a minute. Say, don't you like the shoes? And they say, yeah, I love them. It's the nicest pair of shoes I've ever had. Uh, and you say, well, wh- where, where are they? And they say, I've got them in a place, of honor, uh, a place of honor on my mantelpiece at home. They're like the center of my living room. And everyone who comes in just admires these shoes. And I tell them about my shoes and about the wonderful friend who gave me my shoes. And you look at them and say, if their shoes are so good... Why don't you wear the shoes? And they just kind of blink at you. Like you've asked them a really weird question. Now the next day, you see your friend, and they look different. Their face is different. They're not limping this day. Their walk is different. They kind of have a little spring in their step. And you notice they've put on the shoes. And you come up to them and say, I see you're wearing the shoes. They said, yeah, I don't know why I didn't wear them before. These are so fantastic. I feel so much better. I'm no longer limping. I'm no longer in pain. This is wonderful. Thank you for the shoes. I'm going to wear them all the time. Do you see where I'm getting with this? You you picking up what I'm laying down? Okay. Now, thank you, Jeremiah, for your participation. I opened myself right up for that. That's fair. So, may I offer an alternative take on the matter? When we trust in Jesus, we receive a new life. And we rejoice over the new life. We admire the new life. We tell other people about our new life. We, we talk about it. We get excited. <coughs> we get excited when other people receive a new life. We sing songs about the new life. But do we put it on? Do we walk differently? Have we embraced that new life? Or is it just the thing on the shelf we talk about? Yeah, I got, I got saved back in 1990. I got saved. And, uh, but are you wearing it? Are you wearing this new self? Are you putting it on? Is your life different? Is your walk different? Because of the gift Jesus has given you or is it just something you talk about sometimes but you haven't put it on jesus did not give his life only so you get to go to heaven when you die hey that's great two thumbs up for that beats the alternative but he gave his life also so that your life here and now could be so different and could have some joy and some peace even if your circumstances are difficult or painful so that the world will be a different place because you're in it and you're living differently. If you have trusted in Jesus, it's time to put it on. Put on the new life. Take off the old. Don't let the old man back in. Put on the new life. That old person is not who you are anymore. They don't have to call the shots. You are new if you've trusted in Jesus. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus yet, what you waiting on? This is the good stuff. 
The world, that's not the good stuff. It's empty. It's lies in the world. The world will tell you that it can make you happy and all these things will make you happy, but it will not. It will leave you empty at best and destroyed at worst. Why not trust in Jesus? Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. And maybe, maybe some folks need to trust in Jesus now. Lord, I pray for everybody whose heart you're working on right now. That if they need to trust in Jesus and be saved, that they would do that. That right where they are now in this moment, they would ask Jesus to forgive them and to save them and give them a brand new life. Lord, we pray that right now. Lord, for those who need it, we pray. Father in heaven, please forgive our sin. We believe that Jesus is your son who gave himself in our place so that we might have life. Please forgive us and give us the new life that we so desperately need. And Lord, for the folks who have done that, those who have received the new life, we pray in Jesus' name that we would put it on, that we would walk in newness, that we would not be who we used to be because we, we aren't. We're new in Christ. Lord, we give you the glory and pray we'll live in such a way that the world is changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. You are not who you used to be if you have Christ. So um, we're going to be getting back. Uh, we, we will be getting back pretty soon, maybe not immediately, pretty soon into the book of Mark. So we'll study our way through that. That's going to be awesome. Thank you for being here today. God bless you this week. Hey, become new. Put on the new. And it's going to make a difference. God bless you all. Take care. See you next time.